Did you know you could support my podcast with a small monthly donation? That's right. You can choose from three different donation options as little as $1 to $10 monthly. Don't get me wrong, this podcast will always be free to listen to. This is an additional option to support my podcast and ensure future content. I will leave a link in the description where you can click to donate. Welcome back, my weird friends. I am your host, Rachel. Thank you for joining my podcast, a true crime podcast where I cover a variety of solved, unsolved murder cases and murder mysteries. If true crime is your thing, you have come to the right place. If you have not looked at my Instagram, stop everything you're doing and go look right now. Or wait until this episode is over, actually. Go over to Pocketful of Crime on Instagram. I upload photos of each weekly case so you can put a face to the crime. I might also post some super ugly selfies too, so be sure to go give me a heart. This week, we are going to talk about a new case. The last two episodes have been the Snapchat murder series, and if you haven't heard those, go back a few episodes and check them out. Those were definitely two of my best episodes. It's a two-part series, and it's about a case that I followed for years. So this week, you are listening to the Uber murder. This case takes us to Columbia, South Carolina. This is the capital of South Carolina and second largest city with population estimated at 133,451. Columbia is home to the University of South Carolina. South Carolina is known for humid subtropical climate, cool to mild winters, and humid hot summers. South Carolina produces more peaches than anyone in the country besides California, even more than Georgia. You all know I'm a licensed realtor here in Colorado, but here are your fun real estate facts. The racial makeup in South Carolina is 51% white, 42% black, 2% Asian, 4% Hispanic, and 1% Pacific Islander. Median income is around $31,000. Median home value is $138,000, which has gone up 6.1% in the last year. Columbia has an average of 66 days on the market, with average rent per month at $1,200. Samantha Josephson was 21 years young when she was murdered. She passed away Friday, March 29, 2019. Samantha was born in Princeton, New Jersey, where her parents resided. She was a senior at the University of South Carolina in Columbia, South Carolina. She was majoring in political science, She was set to graduate that coming June 
and had big plans to attend Drexel University School of Law with dreams of becoming a lawyer. She was described as kind and really funny. She was a best friend to everyone, a good sister, and always smiling. She is survived by her parents, Seymour and Marcy Josephson, as well as her sister, Sydney. She was laid to rest in New Jersey, April 3rd, 2019. Let me set the scene a little bit better for you. Samantha was a brunette, brown eyes, and a bright smile. She was wearing skinny jeans, platform sandals, and an orange top in the last image of her scene alive. March 29th, 2019. Samantha, along with a group of her girlfriends, were excited for a night out at the local Bird Dog. Bird Dog is a Southern Charm bar right in the heart of Five Points on Hardin Street, Columbia, South Carolina. Five Points is the original village neighborhood in Columbia. It's evolved with age, but hasn't lost its charm. Five Points is lined with restaurants, bars, shopping, and is a tourist attraction. At some point that night, Samantha got separated from her friends. Her friends reported last seeing Samantha around 1 a.m. At 2.09 a.m., surveillance footage shows Samantha outside of the bar waiting on the curb for the Uber she had ordered to drive her home safely. At 2.12 a.m., a black Chevy Impala turns the corner Samantha was waiting on with her arms folded like she was cold. Samantha, still in surveillance frame, is seen crossing over the curb and opening the passenger back door of the black Impala. The car drives off out of camera frame. A group of people still standing outside of the bar had no idea. Samantha had just accidentally mistaken her killer for an Uber, who was in fact no Uber at all. Later that same day, around 1.30 in the afternoon, Columbia police were notified from Samantha's friends, who were also her roommates at the student housing complex called The Hub. Police responded to the housing complex and met with Samantha's frantic friends, who had not seen or heard from her since 1 a.m. that early morning. None of the phone calls or texts had been answered. She never returned home to their downtown residence. That was when Samantha was reported missing, and the police started their investigation work. Police started gathering pictures and a description of Samantha, as well as interviewing people to get Samantha's exact last known whereabouts. Police gained access to the bar security footage and were startled to see the footage of Samantha alone getting into the Black Impala. Images of the black car were released right away and police and public were on the lookout to find out who picked up Samantha. Samantha's parents, Seymour and Marcy, were residents in New Jersey. Samantha's boyfriend broke the news to them with a phone call that Samantha had not been seen or heard from and never returned home. Around 4 p.m. that same day, March 29th, while investigators were putting together a timeline of Samantha's last known whereabouts, the Clarendon County Coroner was notified of the discovery of a body. The body was discovered around 3.45 p.m., by two turkey hunters. The body was left in a wooded area 40 feet off the dirt road, Knowlton Road. The hunters described the wooded area as hard to get to unless you were familiar with the area. 
Early Saturday morning, 3 a.m., the next day, March 30th, 2019, a K-9 officer spotted a black Chevy Impala fitting the description only two blocks from Five Point, where Samantha and the Impala were last seen. The officer initiated a traffic stop and then approached the vehicle and asked the driver to step out of the car. The driver then fled on foot and led the officer on a short foot chase before getting caught and escorted back to the vehicle. Once back at the vehicle, the officer observed what looked like blood inside the car. More police responded to assist. A warrant was issued to search the vehicle, but police decided to call in the forensic unit to process the vehicle properly without contaminating the crime scene. The driver of the car was arrested. 24-year-old African male named Nathaniel David Rowland. Saturday afternoon, March 30th, 2.15 p.m., the parents of Samantha arrived at the Columbia Police Station from New Jersey. The two were taken into an empty conference room, and that's where their lives changed forever. Seymour and Marcy Josephson were confirmed the body found in fact, was the body of their daughter, 21-year-old Samantha Josephson. Seymour was the first to break the news to public of the death and discovery of his daughter's body that same day on Facebook. The post was a picture of Seymour with his daughter Samantha wrapped around his arm with the family dog on her lap, captioned with, It is with tremendous sadness and of a broken heart that I post this. I will miss and love my baby girl for the rest of my life. Samantha is no longer with us, but she will not be forgotten. It is extremely hard to write this and post it, but I love her with all my heart. I could continue to write about her, but it kills me. I sit here and cry while looking at the pictures and write this. The president of the University of South Carolina, Harris Pastides, also confirmed the death of Samantha Josephson with this statement. It is with the heaviest of hearts that I write these words this morning. Our prayers are with the family and friends of Samantha Josephson following the devastating news of her death. Times like these leave me searching for words of wisdom and comfort. However, I take solace that the Carolina family is here to embrace those who are hurting. As you make plans for the weekend, remember the tenets of Stand Up Carolina. Look out for one another. Be active bystanders. Travel in groups and stay together. If you have not already done so, download the RAVE, R-A-V-E, Guardian Safety app. Set up your profile and learn how to use it. It has been a difficult week for our extended Carolina family. The loss of a student is never easy, but this has been a particularly painful few days as we have experienced loss on several of our campuses. As a family, let's continue to pray for all the families experiencing heartache and grief this week. The black Chevy Impala was processed, and it was confirmed the liquid in the car was in fact blood, and compared to Samantha was an exact match. The blood found was in the passenger compartment as well as in the trunk. Also found in the passenger compartment was Samantha's cell phone, 
a bottle of liquid bleach, germicidal wipes, and a window cleaning solution. The back seat had a car seat present, and the child safety locks were activated, making it impossible to open the back passenger doors from the inside. If that didn't incriminate Nathaniel enough, the body was discovered only a half mile from where Nathaniel resided. Nathaniel David Rowland was charged with the kidnapping and murder of Samantha Josephson. The county coroner's report ruled the manner of death a homicide, and the cause of death was multiple sharp force injuries. Samantha was stabbed to death. There were stab wounds found on her head, neck, face, upper body, leg, and foot. Previous neighbor of Roland described Nathaniel as a sweetheart and well-mannered. She had watched him grow up. She never would have guessed he could be accused of doing something like this. Nathaniel's parents deny their son's involvement, but five months prior to Samantha's murder, October of 2018, Roland was charged and arrested for selling stolen items that were in connection with another local missing woman's case. This woman was carjacked and her home had been ransacked. The stolen items were found at a pawn shop and linked back to Nathaniel Roland. Nathaniel was charged with possession of stolen items and selling them, but not linked to the carjacking kidnapping crime itself. Family and friends of Roland were stating Nathaniel couldn't have been involved in the crime, stating he was passed out at a house party the night Samantha was abducted, and that someone else had taken his car. Nathaniel's cousin Elmer stated, quote, I don't believe it was him in the car. They only assumed that because he ran when he was pulled over the next day. Roland's father, Henry, told a News Channel reporter that his son realized his keys were missing the next day. He checked his pockets when he woke up and didn't have his keys. So he walked outside to try and find the vehicle. He found the vehicle, opened the door, and saw all the blood inside. What's strange is in the hours leading up to Samantha's abduction, Roland was posting on Facebook numerous times. His final post was commenting on his basketball skills, just 90 minutes before Samantha was last seen getting into his black Impala. The next post wasn't until 5 p.m. the next day, just two hours after the discovery of Samantha's body. Nathaniel didn't post bail. His first court appearance was a preliminary hearing set for May 9th, 2019. This hearing was canceled due to a grand jury indicting Roland on April 19th, 2019. The grand jury indicted Roland with kidnapping, murder, refusal to stop on police command, possession of 28 grams or less of marijuana, and possession of a weapon during a violent crime. There is no trial date set. Unfortunately, in cases like these, it can take up to two years for a trial to begin. Roland is being defended by a public defender. It is unknown, but very likely the jury could consider the death penalty. Sammy's Law was passed in New Jersey in honor of Samantha Josephson, May 2019, and went into full effect June of 2019. 
SAMI's law enhances protection for drivers and passengers using ride-sharing services. The law requires Uber drivers to display lighted signs and scannable QR codes. This law also criminalizes anyone posing or misrepresenting an Uber driver. This law is also in effect for Lyft drivers. I know I've used Uber multiple times. I think it's useful, but can also be intimidating getting into a stranger's car, especially after a night of drinking. So I've accumulated a few Uber safety tips for you to follow next time you order a ride. Go through the ratings. You can see a driver's safety rating and make a wiser decision. Make sure to match the car's description, match the license plate number, with the make, model, and color of the car picking you up. Look for the light up Uber sign in the windshield. You can even customize what color the sign is to better identify your ride. Never be afraid to cancel a ride. Before entering the vehicle, ask the Uber to verify his and your name. Always wait for your ride in a safe place. Don't ride alone especially after a night out of drinking. Use personal safety apps that track location and can alert the authorities if you feel threatened. Let the driver know your trip is being tracked. Choose where to sit wisely, where you can observe the driver from a safe distance. Never share personal information. Trust your gut instinct. When a driver does a good job, minds traffic laws, is respectful, make sure to give him or her a good rating. You know what time it is. Yep, that's right. Now is when I tell you a corny joke to lighten the mood. What do you call a moose with no name? Anonymous. That wraps it up for the Uber murder. If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe, follow, and share with a friend. You can find me on Instagram at Pocketful of Crime, where I upload photos of each case so you can put a face to the crime. I'm also curious what you think about this crime, what your thoughts are, if he's guilty or innocent. Go drop your opinion on my Instagram along with any murder requests. Thank you for listening. As always, join me next Wednesday for my next episode. Until then, stay weird, my friends. Oh, and one more thing. Hi, Mom.